This is Calling the Tune, a new Phi Compass podcast series on financial instruments under the new Common Provisions Regulation. My name is Chiara Continenza from the Phi Compass team at the EIB. Ideas without action are useless, wrote the activist Helen Keller. And today, inspired by this quote, we're discussing how the new CPR supports the implementation of financial instruments. I'm very pleased to welcome back today Oana Dordain and Yeva Zalite from DigiRidio to discuss the new regulation and how it affects financial instruments. Oana, Yeva, welcome back. Thank you, Chiara. It's good to be back. Hello, everybody. So, Yeva, let's first look at the article on the implementation of financial instruments. Perhaps we can start with the first two paragraphs that describe the implementation options. So I think it is a case of continuity in terms of the different options available, right? Indeed, Chiara, you are absolutely right. In this respect, uh, the regulation didn't change and we keep the same implementation options. For our listeners who are uh, new to our financial instruments and our rules, let me explain these options one by one. Yes, that would be great. The first paragraph speaks about uh, the implementation option where the managing authority undertakes implementation of financial instrument directly. There is no formal setup of the fund and uh, these financial instruments can be guarantees and loans. This also means that the managing authority has the necessary competence to appraise a loan application or to decide on the level of the guarantee necessary to cover the risk for the loan that, for example, an enterprise will borrow from a bank. And what about the second implementation option? Another option, the second implementation option, which is described in the second paragraph is uh, where there is a formal setup of the fund and it is implemented by body implementing financial instrument. And here, the same as in the past, we may have two types of structures, financial instruments set up with a holding fund where the specific product funds will be operating within that structure or a single layer instrument with individual specific product funds. And I think this paragraph also describes how the resources can be contributed to the financial instrument, right? The provisions say that program resources can be invested into the capital of a legal entity or they can be placed in a fiduciary account or a separate block of finance. Here, I would like to draw attention of our listeners to the point when we say that the program resources can be invested in the capital of a legal entity. So it means that these program resources will take shares in that legal entity and these resources have to be further invested in final recipients. And it's important to emphasize that program resources cannot be used to recapitalize this entity. So there should be evidence, or as our auditors would call it, an audit trail, which demonstrates that uh, the money is received and it is further used for investments in final recipients. And what about fiduciary accounts or separate block of finance? It means that the body implementing financial instrument can open an account in their name and on behalf of the managing authority or set up a financial instrument as a block of finance, which then this fund manager will be managing. And Oana, 
In terms of selection, the draft regulation dealt with this very briefly, without, for example, specific references to the different types of entity that may be appointed. However, the regulation has been developed further. Could you perhaps uh, run us through these changes? The Commission intention was to let this article as simple as possible and not to give here indications about the methods of selection of the bodies implementing the financial instrument. However, during the co-legislative process, the member states felt the need to have the provisions back. So now the final version of the CPR contains the modalities how a managing authority may directly award a contract for implementation to a body implementing a financial instrument, and it contains also the provisions from the omnibus regulation. There is, however, a change compared to the current legal framework, and this refers to the absence of Article 7 of the Commission Delegated Regulation 480 from 2014, because the Commission considers that the managing authority has any way to entrust the implementation to a body which is able to implement the financial instrument. I would like to say to our listeners that the Commission brought additional clarifications to the Member State in relation to the selection, and this can be found on the website of FICOMPAS from the Knowledge Hub event on selection. Well, yes, indeed, uh, you correctly point out that FICOMPAS recently published a, a Knowledge Hub report on selection, and we'll add the link to the transcription of this podcast on our website as well. Now, Oana, let's talk about the annex that sets out the requirement for two documents, the strategy document and the funding agreement. What are the key elements required under this annex? I would like to remind to our listeners that the strategy document has to be done when there is a direct implementation of the financial instruments by the managing authority. The funding agreements have to be signed by the managing authority with the bodies implementing the financial instruments, and this is a very important document. One of the main elements is related to the investment strategy. The investment strategy had already to be described in big lines during the ex-ante assessment, but now at the level of the funding agreement, there should be indicated the exact investment strategy for the implementation of the financial instrument. All right, I see. There are also other provisions which refer to the obligations of the managing authority for the implementation, such as audit, monitoring or publicity provisions. Perfect, Oana. Thanks a lot. That was really clear. So if I understand correctly, there are no major changes here based on experience from previous programs. Yeva, in paragraph 4 and 5 of the article on implementation, we find the rules regarding member state liability and also the requirements in relation to selection of final recipients. What do our listeners need to know regarding these two provisions? Indeed, uh, these are important provisions. If we look at the paragraph 4, it clarifies that the financial liability of the managing authority should not exceed the amount of program contribution which is committed in the funding agreement. Of course, um, it doesn't exclude that the managing authority agrees to have other legal commitments outside the program resources with the financial intermediary. It is also the case now. Also, if we look in the 
paragraph 5, it describes that support uh, provided uh, to the final recipients should take account of the program objectives. So, it translates uh, these requirements into the eligibility criteria. The support should be based also on the business plan or other equivalent document, which demonstrates that uh, the investment is financially viable. It should be clear from the start uh, that uh, the support will be used to contribute to the program objectives. And what about the requirements for a transparent process to select final recipients? Does this require a particular approach? Yes, indeed. Uh, paragraph 5 also speaks about the selection of final recipients, which should be transparent and should not cause conflict of interest. It means that the general principles uh, respected by the normal banking practice should be applied. When the managing authorities select the bodies which will implement financial instruments with program resources, they put great reliance on their expertise. In addition, these financial institutions are governed by a number of legislative provisions as well as by guidelines and regulations issued by the supervisory authorities. And finally, Joanna, the article on implementation also mentions requirements relating to co-financing and accounting. I think the regulations provide continuity as well from the last CPR. Is this correct? Yes, Chiara, this is correct. Nothing changed in this respect. National co-financing can come at any level of the financial instruments. When the national co-financing is brought by the final recipients, the evidence that this national co-financing is eligible has to be kept by the body implementing financial instruments, and this is regulated in order to reduce the administrative burden for final recipients. It is also normal to keep separate accounts in order to be able to trace the support from the union. And I think it is still the case that a final recipient's own funds cannot be treated as co-financing, right? Yes, correct. The purpose of financial instruments is to provide a means of financing with a repayable character to final recipients. Own resources or contribution of the final recipient allocated to his planned investment cannot be considered as national co-financing of the operation as they do not constitute program contributions paid to final recipients, are not repayable, and consequently are not part of the eligible expenditure. Thank you very much, Oana and Yeva. Is there anything else you would like to add on implementation of financial instruments? I would like to mention that if you never implemented financial instruments, please do it now because it is not so difficult. I am sure that most of our listeners were implementing grant agreements and supported projects which were much more complex than a procurement procedure, for example, for financial instruments. I hope our listeners remain reassured by the continuation of the same principles in the new regulation when setting up financial instruments. Thank you very much, Oana and Yeva, for taking part in this interview today. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, very much. Thank you to all and thank you to our listeners. And thank you very much from me as well.
And a big thank you also to our listeners for tuning in today to this episode of the Fee Compass Calling the Tune podcast. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to send us an email at info at feecompass.eu. Don't forget to follow us on social media and stay tuned for the next episode on eligible expenditure and financial instruments. Have a good day ahead. <laughs>